Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief message to help us experience an additional spiritual moment in our otherwise complicated lives. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining me as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. If you're joining us for the first time, we're studying the Old Testament of the Bible this year, loosely following the study curriculum of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Well, when we last left our heroes, Abraham had just rescued Lot, his nephew, and a bunch of other people from the bad guys, and returned them home to the city of Sodom. When the king of Sodom offered Abraham a reward, Abraham turned it down, not wanting to feel any kind of future obligation to Sodom. So, now in Genesis chapters 18 and 19, the Sodomites and those in the surrounding areas have become fully wicked. And the Lord tells Abraham that he is going to allow the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to be destroyed because of the sins of the people. Abraham tries to negotiate with the Lord to not allow the cities to be destroyed, if there are even a few righteous people to be found. But when the messengers of the Lord then head into town and are nearly attacked after Lot takes them into his house, the decision is made to allow the cities to be destroyed. Quote, And when the morning arose... Then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that the angel said, Escape for thy life, look not behind thee, escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. But the wife of Lot looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt." So what was it about Sodom and Gomorrah that made them such bad places? In Genesis 13, we read, quote, The men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. In Ezekiel 16, we read, quote, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. And they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw good. In the New Testament, Jude teaches the people, quote, Even as Sodom and Gomorrah, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example. And Jeremiah later in the Old Testament says to the people, quote, I have seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem an horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen also the hands of evildoers, that none doth return from his wickedness. They are all of them unto me as Sodom, and the inhabitants thereof as Gomorrah. End quote. So basically, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah were prideful, slothful, full of sexual immorality. They didn't take care of the poor and needy. They coveted their own riches. So in that context, let's talk about Lot's wife. To sum this story up, the city of Sodom was becoming more and more wicked, And while Lot and his wife obeyed the messengers of the Lord and left town, Lot's wife didn't want to. She looked back. She longed to return to the life she had. She was a sodomite at heart. She seemed to love the lifestyle in that city more than she loved God. Rather than let her escape and likely begin to live that lifestyle again in her new home, God preserved her as a pillar of salt, perhaps as a future warning to you and me. So why did Jesus Christ instruct us to, quote, Remember Lot's wife, whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it, end quote. I think the reality is that we all have a bit of Lot's wife 
inside of us. We each have our addiction to the world that draws us in, whether it's drugs, alcohol, social media, shopping, pornography, video games, parties, food, or any number of other things. Some of the things that connect us to the outside world may not be completely bad, but the reality is it's not God's world. Those things don't exist in the kingdom of God. And yet we hold on. We have one foot in the kingdom of God and one foot in the outside world, just like Lot and his wife did. They knew what was going on in that city and they chose to live there. And so for you and me, what would we do if the Lord counseled us to leave our worldly addictions behind? What would we do if God asked us to give up our smartphones, our video games, our shopping addiction, our drugs, our sexual immorality? Could we do it? Would we do it? Would we choose God over the world if we couldn't have both? Would we be like Lot and be able to walk away? Or would we be like his wife and always be looking back to the life we left behind? As President Russell M. Nelson recently taught, quote, the question for each of us is the same. Are you willing to let God prevail in your life? Are you willing to let God be the most important influence in your life? Will you allow his words, his commandments, and his covenants to influence what you do each day? Will you allow his voice to take priority over any other? Are you willing to let whatever he needs you to do take precedence over every other ambition? Are you willing to have your will swallowed up in his? End quote. I accepted Christ into my life and was baptized when I was 24 years old. My life up to that point was completely different from my current life in every way you can imagine. Stepping out of that world and into the kingdom of God was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Without a doubt, it was also the most important and best decision I've ever made. But the reality is, I still live in that other world. I still have my worldly addictions. I love Star Trek, sci-fi fantasy novels, Super Nintendo. I binge watch old seasons of 24. I buy too much gear from REI. I watch movies I probably shouldn't and tell myself that the language and violence and sexual content doesn't affect me. I'm sure you have your list of worldly addictions too. Now, we could easily say that some of these things are fine. They don't hurt us. Maybe they're not bringing us closer to God, but hey, it could be worse, right? But where do we draw that line? That's the challenge. How do we know if we're really doing everything we can to draw closer to our Heavenly Father and our Savior Jesus Christ and to build their kingdom? Well, I don't have the answers to this kind of question. But if you and I are honest with ourselves, we could probably admit that we should be spending a bit less time with our worldly desires and a lot more time with God. Perhaps if we're not able to admit our continual need to repent and become more like Christ, maybe that's a sign that we're sliding off into the deep end. After all, we've all seen many of our family and friends slide away from God to the point that many lose their faith. What's the difference between them and us? Well, the reality is we'll probably never be able to fully escape the world's attractions. And as disciples of Jesus Christ, our job is to build the kingdom of God within that world, even in places like Sodom and Gomorrah. Jesus makes an interesting statement in the book of Matthew, speaking to the people of Capernaum, where he started his ministry and whose people were not repenting and following him. Quote, And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted into heaven, 
shalt be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. End quote. As disciples of Jesus Christ, if we are doing our part to live our lives according to his teachings, he will be able to use us to work mighty miracles throughout the world, even in places and with people that we might have thought were beyond saving. Even in the Sodoms and Gomorrahs of our society today, we can be a force for good and prevent those around us from destroying themselves. But the question for you and I, just as it was for Lot and his wife, is what are we willing to sacrifice in order to gain eternal life for ourselves, our families, and those in our spheres of influence? What are we really willing to do to accept our Savior's invitation to come follow me today? Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week as we continue our study of the Old Testament.